<laughs> Welcome back to FM Sports. <laughs> now, on this week's episode, we review Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Mm. Now, we recap the winners and take a crystal ball to the losers. Uh, we make our picks for the NFL Divisional Round. Will this be the final week of football for the final Florida team standing? We close out the show checking in with the NBA, and that means checking in with our Magic and Heat. We're halfway through the season. Where do they stand? It's going to be a spicy meatball of a show. <laughs> so sit back and enjoy the ride. This is Florida Man Sports. All right, Johnny here, Chris over there, foaming at the mouth, ready to get the show going. It's the first week of playoffs, Chris. Now, a few things are better than NFL playoff football. A few surprises here, though. You know, So wipe your mouth so we can get this thing started. We're going to jump right into it. The Cleveland Browns and their dominant defense took on the Rook, and they should be happy the Jags choked Houston Texans. We thought we had an obvious winner here, but Chris and I forgot that these are the Browns. And the words obvious winner do not apply to this franchise. What the heck happened here, Chris? Yeah, Single, let's let's start with, like you said, right? Let's start with this game, but specifically with the incredible freaking story for CJ Stroud and this Texans team. 356 yards in total offense, zero turnovers for this young team. All they needed was 14 first downs to put up 45 points, 24 minutes of time possession. That's all they needed. So, you know, props to this Texans defense. I know you mentioned the Browns defense because of yeah. the season, right? But the Texans defense, four sacks, 11 tackles for a loss, seven QB hits, leading to two interceptions. And, and Johnny, lastly for the Texans, you got rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud, who becomes the youngest QB to win a playoff game. This young Texans team has to be the best story out of the AFC, uh, something that no one saw coming. And ultimately, 45 points. What a beatdown, Johnny. What are your thoughts on this game? I mean, it, it was a beatdown. Texans and the youth of this team really took advantage of the Browns' defense. Uh, first half, this game was a slugfest. They were each hitting each other with haymakers, right. scoring back and forth. It was 24-14 at the half and what looked to be a good game. But too many big plays allowed by this Browns' defense, including a 76-yard touchdown pass. And then back-to-back pick sixes. You blinked, and just like that, 45-14. Crazy. Game over. Crazy, crazy. Um, And the greatest rookie year for any player I have ever seen continues. It was something – it really was a joy to watch. I didn't – we both had the Browns winning this game because of that defense. And we thought, hey, this rookie – I mean, come on. Hey, it's a good story. You're not going to go ahead and and win a playoff game. But we should have known better. This this kid – is unlike any rookie we've ever seen. And so the story of C.J. Stroud continues. Yeah, absolutely. Most recent history, to your point. So, you know, let, let's stick a fork in all the teams that lost, Johnny. In this case, we'll start with the Browns. Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about it. Is Joe Flacco done as a Brown? Do they bring him back as a maybe like a bona fide backup, or does he get the starting role? What do we do? Um, listen, my thoughts on Flacco are, are pretty simple. Flacco was a rental. Uh, the Browns by now have realized the terrible error they made with Watson. Um, He's not playing well enough to trade. Too expensive to cut. Uh, They can't keep Flacco, as it will just be a mess through the psyche of Watson, by keeping him there, and why. He did such a great job with them. They're, They're heavily invested. They are forced by their own terrible decisions to keep Watson. 
they chose Watson over Baker, who they could have had for half the price. How's that working out for you, Cleveland? But Dang. ultimately right now, um, Flacco is playing better than Watson. Watson, for me, I've, I've been telling you all season before he got injured that he's done, and he just showed nothing but proof of him being done. Is he going to all of a sudden – he just needs to play average, and this team can go ahead and make it to the playoffs. I don't see Watson even playing average. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you because I, I do have one more question, but I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think that he's a threat if he comes in as a backup. Uh, in fact, Flacco has been a backup the last three years and whatnot of, the, mm-hmm. of his career. So it's not like Watson would be intimidated, I don't think. And to have a Super Bowl winning quarterback as a backup to give advice, I think that that would be a good thing for Cleveland. So hopefully they do keep him. Yeah, but forgetting this fan base that we have here, Chris. So Flacco, you're right if Flacco didn't have the season he had. He comes in. Flacco came in off his couch and is probably going to get comeback player of the year. Nobody saw Flacco doing what he needed to do. And he led the Browns to the playoffs. And this Cleveland base, the fans are not going to forget that. Watson comes in, he struggles. They're going to want, they're going to be, the crowds are going to be chanting Flacco, Flacco. And uh, nobody wants that for their starting quarterback. That's a good point. And they, and they wouldn't care if they didn't guarantee all the money for Watson. Gotcha, brother. So as we stick a fork in the Browns, Johnny, you know, with the Ravens and the Steelers in this division, one, can the Browns get to the playoffs next year? That's the first question. But the second question, caveat to this, is where do the Browns look at in the draft then to do that? Well, the Browns can make the playoffs. Uh, the Ravens, they're not letting go of the uh, AFC North. So that the, the, the division's theirs. The Browns, obviously, are still a solid defense. They're not losing. the. Um, you're going to have healthy you know, players coming back. We had injuries, obviously, to the running back position. But, um, yeah, that, that those players will be back. It, it's... You're going to draft, um, it should be in the wide receiver position because ultimately they need some targets for their quarterback. But it comes down to simple Watson. That's the big question mark. It's not so much of a question mark. We already saw what Watson can do. Yeah. It just comes down to, is, is, he, is he going to show a glimpse of his former self? Can he be an average quarterback? That's all they need him to be to be a contender. And uh, I'm not sure he can do that. For me, I'm going to say just quickly here, I think it's offensive line. Uh, one of the things, you know, Deshaun Watson got hurt, right? So you got to protect your quarterback. Like you said earlier, you got to protect your investment. For me, a double down on that offensive line. You've got Cooper. You've got the tight end, I think, there as long as they're coming back next year. But uh, definitely, if you want to have a chance, right, to get to the playoffs next year, take care of that offensive line in the draft. Yeah, I just think that offensive line should be something you pick up on the free agency. You have to spend the money to protect them. I don't see anybody in the in college right now being an immediate impact rookie year. It's going to do give the protection that you need. I get you, but I mean, financially, they're going to be a little strapped with that Watson contract too. So, Well, Watson contract, Cooper is getting paid a lot of money. um, So maybe restructuring on that end here. So we'll see what happens. But the Browns have a a lot to chew on in the offseason. Our second game, our second playoff game, features the once proud Miami Dolphins taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth coldest game in NFL history. Why and how... Chris picked Miami to win this game is a mystery. Tell me about the game, Chris. Well, well, you took my thunder with the fourth coldest game in NFL history. But yes, uh, Patrick Mahomes' helmet shattered, folks. That's how cold it was. Uh, Coach Andy Reid's mustache was icicles on the sidelines. I wish somebody would have warned the man. That was kind of nasty to watch. Um, Now, I said this was the better matchup than facing the Bills back-to-back. And the Dolphins pulled a Johnny, and it just imploded in Kansas City. You go scoreless in three out of four quarters of play. Miami, that is just unacceptable. 
Don't blame injuries. Every team goes through them. Don't blame the weather. This game is played nationwide, and players on your team have played all over the United States um, in their collegiate career, so you can't blame that either. The Chiefs, on the other hand, they score every quarter. Harrison Bucker, Chiefs kicker, 4 for 4 in these weather conditions. Huge performance by him and the special teams group. I have to say to the Dolphins, Johnny, but you know, I, there's more that I'm going to dig into here with some okay. with you. But how did you see this game? Well, the score was 26 to 7, and it wasn't that close. Um, Miami scored on a deep pass to Hill in the first, and that was the entire Miami right. offense. Right. Um, this was the team I expected to see. You know, I was high on Miami preseason. We all know this. I saw what this team could be. 11 and 6 is a great record. But that final game against Buffalo told me everything I needed to know about this team. They are spineless. And they were spineless in the most important game of the regular season. At that moment, they became the Miami Jellyfish. And uh, Jellyfish don't survive in the cold. So this non-performance wasn't a surprise. And now we finally get to see Mahomes play a road playoff game. And that's what I look forward to in upcoming. But tremendously disappointed in Miami. But I accepted that disappointment after the game in Buffalo, knowing that they're done. The same way you, you Jacksonville. I was high on Jacksonville, and they showed me who they were. I knew what was going to happen there. It, it happens. And sometimes you got to really look at a team and see, no, you're not the team you should have been. That um, injury to Chubb obviously really hurt this defense. But ultimately, it didn't matter. Even with Chubb in there, they scored one touchdown against Kansas City. They can't play in the cold. So um, I knew this was going to happen. So it's not a surprise, but it's disappointing. Yeah, and I, and I pulled a Johnny Cinco, right? So to your point, so I, I, yeah. Victory? No, you're... man. At the, at the last second, I'm like, my Florida man sports strings are being pulled oh, at me. Is. That's what it was. And I, uh -huh. and, I, and, I, and I fell into your trap. I picked Miami. And I just, man, you know, you don't want to play Buffalo again. Excuse me. <clears throat> you don't want to play, uh, yeah, Buffalo again. So I was like, this is the right thing to do, playing the Chiefs. And they just laid an egg. But let's talk about it before I ask you some Q&A. Let's talk about Tua for a second. Okay. That pass, that pass was a better catch, better everything by the receiver than it was a pass. Yeah, that's exactly, he just threw it up and the hill did what hill does. All and, and he went and got that. Long. And, long. I won't say all season long. Oh At the end of the God. day, Tua um, is very accurate. And he throws, a, but the deep ball, he's not that accurate. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be that accurate on the deep ball when you have the best wide receiver in the game mm -hmm. now that'll cost you you can't do that you can do that with hill you can even do it with waddle waddle and and, and Tua, they're familiar since their days in alabama so they they know each other they can get away with that but usually it's slants little slant patterns dump passes those are the yardage you're going to pick up with Tua. it's like, like a west coast offense type style every once in a while they throw it deep because they have hill yeah but don't you think that this is exactly what miami's problem is uh, and, and just real quick before I go into detail with that, uh, and I just learned this recently with Tua. So Tua does everything right-handed except throw the ball. Did you know that? I, I didn't know that. I, I, I did. I yeah, did. So I didn't know that. I think that's really different, really new. But nevertheless, just because you have the elite and Waddle, right, and the, the elite uh, receivers that you have there, the offensive line and all that's there, that doesn't mean that you're a good quarterback. And so these little dump passes that he was doing all season long, now he's paying the price. One, Miami did not beat teams with a better record but once. Two, is this guy the quarterback for the future? It's an honest question. Okay. It's, it's our question. So let's see. Tua, who's coming up on the last year of his contract, he led the league in passing yards. He's, he was top 10 in every positive QB stat. Now, he still has time to prove himself worthy. I'm not ready to write him off like you are, Chris. Year four? Um, 
Yeah, I'm not ready to write him okay. off. He, he led his team to playoffs. He he was for the most of the year an MVP candidate. So you're gonna you're looking at some games. Trust me, such such disappointing game against the Bills and obviously against Kansas City here. And I get it. You know, uh, I understand the apprehension. A QB who has good stats, um, mainly against lesser opponents, doesn't show up in the playoffs. Does that sound familiar to you, Chris? Who has dump passes of five yards. Does that sound familiar? Chris will praise one QB and condemn the other when right now they're the same QB. So let's talk about that QB's team next, Chris. Dallas Cowboys pulled off a Dallas Cowboy against Jordan Love in his first ever playoff game. Uh, This game is in Dallas where the Cowboys haven't lost all year. Tell me about your boy Prescott in this game, Chris. Well, first of all, he had three touchdowns in comparison, but I, I like how when you're losing a battle, you want to switch teams. That's fine. I'll take that. No worries. Listen, folks, this is a wild card stunner. The only home team to lose at home. Aaron Jones, he runs for three touchdowns. Jordan Love follows up with three touchdowns of his own. Uh, Darnell Savage returns an interception for 64 yards for a score. And the Packers handed the Cowboys their first home loss since 2022 opener, if you can believe that, which, by the way, that's when they lost to the Bucks. Just throwing that out there. The most points allowed in the playoffs. Tom, in the, Tom Brady's Bucks. Oh, the most points allowed in the playoffs in the history of the Cowboys. That's that's a crazy stat right there on its own. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the Q and A, uh, Johnny. But Dallas is the first team to win at least twelve games in three consecutive playoff seasons without making a conference title game. That's a crazy stat. Uh, and real quick for the Packers, talk about getting hot at the right time. Aaron Jones clearly back healthy after missing a few weeks before December. Jordan Love, who not only gets the first win in the playoffs, but in my opinion, has shut down every naysayer, including Johnny, who said he wasn't the future for Green Bay. 48 points um, as the away team in Dallas is just absolutely amazing. And and here's a team, uh, Johnny, unlike the Dolphins, who are not making excuses for injuries. They're banged up at the wide receiver position in this one. They're still dropping 415 yards of total offense, 22 first downs. How did you see this one? Well, this is why you're right. There was a moment where I did write off love, as did you, Chris. No. But, yes, yes, 100%. He won my championship. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> so, while he won your fantasy championship, we both wrote him off because he struggled early part in the year. We saw him as a perennial backup. And uh, he did the work and showed. That's exactly why you can't write somebody off too early. You, you have to have some seasons under you. This is uh, love's fifth year. So, you know, we're, we're, you're so quick to write him off. And sometimes... You know, people just need that extra little bit of time to develop. But uh, I know I said this previously during another game, but seriously, it was 48 to 32, but it was not that close. Right. Um, it was 48 to 16, like six minutes left in the game. And the boys put up a couple meaningless touchdowns to help heal the wound. Uh, Love was spectacular. 16 for 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns. It was a perfect game for Love. Dak playing from behind all game. Throws for 400 yards. Yeah. But it was 27 to nothing in the second quarter. He, he didn't have a choice. He was throwing that ball up. He had three touchdowns, two of them coming in garbage time. Two costly early picks. Prescott and them boys take an early exit from the playoffs once again. Are you kidding me? But, of course, Crystal praise one quarterback and, and destroy another. Newsflash, two and Prescott are essentially the same. That's, that's the, terrible. The, the only, terrible. The only, you know what, you're right. The only difference in that is that Tua only has four years. Dak has twice that much. So 
Yeah, that's the only real difference is that Tua still has time to go and make those adjustments, much like Love did in his fifth year. And now you want to go ahead and write off Tua, who actually led his team to playoffs earlier than Love has. So real quick, since you want to bring that out there, and I'm going to be very clear about this. The, the the benefit that Tua has is that he's playing with the best receivers in the game right now. Oh, really? And, and, yeah, and he, Prescott's he, not? He is not, not the best. Is Tyreek oh. Hill, Tyree Hill not number one? Uh, so yes or no question. That's, is that, it number one? Okay, that's objective. For okay. me, yes. Okay. But you'll have plenty okay, so of people tell you that CD Lamb is the best. Well, this year, thanks to Dak, because CD Lamb has also been there for a long time. CD Lamb's been okay. there for a long time. Okay, sure. And, and, look, and look, the bottom line is this. It's going back to like the whole um, you know, a LeBron James and Jordan argument. Well, with two seconds that's, left, who do you want to have the ball? No. And with two seconds left, I would rather have Dak with the ball all day than Tua, period. And that's the bottom argument I'm going to make there. That's not exactly. accurate. Mike I, I have yet to see uh, Dak, you know, come back in an important game to come back and lead his team to a victory. He can't even get into position to lead his team for a comeback. The one time he possibly had it was last year against San Francisco. And how big of a choke was that? Forgot the rules of the NFL. They didn't understand what was happening and let time expire. Have you seen that from Brady? Have you seen that from Montana? The Have biggest, you seen it from the, Elway? From any great quarterback? Have you ever seen a choke during that two-minute drill? No. Not every quarterback is going to win it for you with two minutes left in the game, the that two-minute drill. But choke. only few, only few terrible quarterbacks who pretend to be great have a choke job, much like you know, the Jack biggest Prescott choke did. this year. It's not the Cowboys; it's the Eagles, and we're gonna we'll, we'll talk about that then. But let's stick a fork in the Cowboys because clearly that's what you're trying to do here. Cowboys have made the early call. Jerry Jones is keeping McCarthy on board for next season. Okay. So is this the right call with Dak Prescott having one year left on his deal, thirty-four million dollars? Do they resign him? If so, for how much? What are they going, okay, are they going let, me, let me break this down for you, Dallas. You guys don't listen. I mean, it doesn't matter. Jerry Jones is going to do what the heck he wants to do. And that's the reason why your franchise is where it's at. Because you have an owner who insists on being the GM. That's not a good combination. You know, he wants to take credit for what happened during the Jimmy Johnson years. The guy was so, so petty. He kept Jimmy Johnson out of the ring of honor for three decades because he won the credit for it. And Jimmy Johnson has, got, has been gone. And what's been going on with the Cowboys? What's happened under the stewardship of, of Jerry Jones? What have the Cowboys been? Nothing. McCarthy, let's stick with him. Three straight 12-1 seasons. Outstanding. Dak had his best year ever. Right this year, Dak. First in touchdown passes. Top 10 in every positive QB stat. Very similar to Tua. Who cares? Coaches and QBs are judged by wins. More specifically, Playoff wins, even more specific, Super Bowl wins. And that's eight years in McCarthy's four, one playoff win. It's a contract year, Dallas. You're never going to get more from Dak than you just got from him. I mentioned this earlier in the year. Kirk Cousins is your dude. Okay, he's your guy. He's a better QB than Dak. And, and you, you, you're, I'm not focusing strictly on the stats, even though stats are similar, is that he will actually get you a win. You trade Dak for the Bears for the number one overall pick. This is why I suggest for you guys. You sign Cousins, two-year deal. Caleb Williams sits behind him, ready to lead this team into the future. McCarthy should be fired. And I called for his firing last week if they lose against the Packers. It's warranted. Uh, but Jones will not give up the control necessary to get a coach like the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick. It's not going to happen. 
You you have you have another great coach in Harbaugh available again, but an owner who insists on playing GM is not an attractive destination for established coaches. You have a Super Bowl caliber team. You laid an egg against a team lucky that even got into the playoffs. They had to win the last game to get in there. Now, against a QB who's never won a playoff game, you just saw the best this Cowboys team could do. Dak, Lamb, Parsons, career years. They they bounced in the first round again, doing the same thing over and over and over again while expecting different results. What's the definition of that, Chris? Listen, while you were going on that rant, I'm going to tell you this very clearly. I think that they made the right call. The Cowboys, I'm going to show some love to the Cowboys here. You made the right call. How many, how many times in the NFL history does a coach get fired, a new coach come in, and then they win a Super Bowl right after that? How that, many that times? You, know, you know what happens more I, often I than that? I can, hold you know? in, I can hold it in one hand. No, I, I, it, what McCarthy, happens more often than that? You, you're a Tampa Bay McCarthy, fan, Chris. McCarthy, McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning champion. Mm-hmm. He won a ring. I don't care about the a fact. A very that long time ago. It doesn't matter. He's a winner. He's, a He's not. And ultimately, in those 12 win seasons, it's like, hey, you won your division, by the way, against the Eagles when everybody thought, like Johnny, that the Eagles were going to win. Yeah, of course. But hey, you're fired anyway. No, it doesn't work that way. And he deserves another go. This team is going to run it back. So I think they're making the right call here. Uh, as far as the, the the draft position goes, you made this example of, oh, they need to trade him to the Bears. You don't even know if the Bears want him. That's just all speculative. Of course it's speculative. That's okay. what we're doing. So, oh, you want the number one pick for Dak, who's only one year left on his contract? That's ludicrous. It's not That's ludicrous. Listen, listen I am not high on Dak because you saw the best you're going to get from Dak. And then what did that give you? It does because I still told you he's still number one in the league in touchdown passes. Top 10 in all the other quarterback stats. So he had a good enough year to get rid of. That's that's what you can do. It's an opposite problem of what Cleveland Browns have. Cleveland Browns can't get rid of Watson for anything. But Dallas... They're not, do not pay Dak Prescott. He has one more year. He is not worth 45, 50 mil a year, which is going to cost to give him an extension. He's not worth that. He showed you that. So you get rid of him. You get rid of him. And if you're able to, on paper, he's a top five quarterback. But you come, guys, Dallas fans know this. He doesn't pass the eyeball test. He can't win the clutch games. And as a QB and coach, you're judged on your playoff wins, your Super Bowl victories, and he can't get it done. Nobody cares in Dallas that he wins 12 games. Nobody cares if they win 14. Nobody cares if you win, you have a perfect regular season if you can't win in the playoffs. And they've proven he can't win the playoffs. McCarthy shouldn't be fired um, based on the fact that he won 12 games in division, division championship. He should be fired because he can't win a playoff game and Bill Belichick is available. So when you have a better coach available and nobody saw coming and this guy can't win a playoff game, what do you, what's the bar? Is the bar, hey, win the division title? It's not. The bar is win championships. Forget, blow that bar. Get to the NFC championship, which the Cowboys haven't got to in 28 years. Krishna, I did my best to defend the Cowboys since Johnny wants to throw out these speculative trade ideas that are nonsense. I'll throw one out there. What isn't Miami trade for Dak? And then run it with Miami. There you no. Go. Oh yeah. Then we'll, then we'll really see what Miami okay. can do with Dak Prescott. Yeah, you listening to my, my yeah you listening to my argument here. I'm telling you that right now in year eight of Dak and year four of Tua, they're the same quarterback. So let me go ahead and get rid of capital they're to not. trade. Like, they're they, not. They, you're, you're right because there's more ups. Pres, pres, Prescott's arm is better. His deep here, throws are better. Here, here's, Come on, you're, bro. You're, you're, you've lost your mind. Okay. Because here's the thing: there's more upside with Tua than with Dak. Dak, you've seen the best that Dak can do. And Dak, yeah, he has a good arm. He can run a little bit. He can do some things. At the end of the day, he doesn't 
It's poise. We've explained to you the most important thing that a quarterback is your, your, your football IQ and poise, and Dak lacks that tremendously. You saw it last year in the playoffs against San Francisco, and you see it every important game. This team looks shook against a, a the Packers. They were nervous in Northern McCarthy, had terrible play call. Dak made p- terrible decisions before it was the game was completely like out of it. Dak led them two interceptions, a pick six. He cost this team any chance for victory in this game. Listen to the Florida man sports here. Always want to show a little bit of love to the Florida teams. And I just want to end with this part of talking about these teams back and forth with you, Johnny. Shame that your thought process is this because a lot of Miami fans, a lot of Miami coaches probably are thinking the same way. And they're going to give two another two, three years. Well, guess what, guys? You just sank yourself to the abyss by that point because you're not winning a Super Bowl in the next three or four years with two as your quarterback. No, this, That's all I'm this, saying. This is, it's ridiculous. This is where you're wrong. Okay. This, this is the fifth-year option for Tua. So Tua, this is... A, a make or break year for him now. It wasn't year four. He made some progress. He showed he can go through a whole season without getting injured. Now, year five, we want to go ahead and see the Dolphins, they need help defensively. They lost some players. They, they're they going to ride out the running back that they got. They're going to need help defensively for the draft. So, just they're going to run it back with Hill and Waddle are still there. So, they want to see what they're going to get in Tua, but Tua can make this work. They've seen a few more weapons, but ideally, it's going to be defensively. And my God, um, this coach better figure out how this team is going to play in the cold weather. I don't care if you're going to crank the AC down in their indoor facility in their practice field to like 50, 40 degrees, which is still not cold enough to do whatever you got to do. But this team is Tua can't win in anything like under 50 degrees. And that's that's, guess what? Playoff football is played in cold weather areas. So College you're going to need to figure it out. played nationwide, Johnny. These players know how to play in the cold. Of course. That's no excuse. Now, I'm just saying they need to figure something out because it's not a coincidence that this yeah. team is just completely just as a no-show every time the temperature goes down. Right. But a friendly reminder that the New England Patriots, the real America's oh team, would have won, found a way to win that game against the Packers. The Cowboys can't do it. They can't come back for anything. Uh, Cowboys need a they, – they can't come back ever in a, even a regular season game, let alone a playoff game. So the, the, the team that's not even in the playoffs, I mean, you just I'm, I'm just, remi- throw, I'm just reminding, I'm reminding our listeners who Jesus. the real America's team is. A uh, listen, Chris, Matt Stafford, you know, comes back <laughs> home to Detroit and faces the Lions in what was the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Tell me about this game, Chris. What a freaking thriller, man! Matthew Stafford wins the QB battle, but the Lions win the war. Goff threw for a touchdown, completed a pass for a victory sealing first down against the team that cast him away. And the Detroit Lions win a playoff game for the first time in 32 years. That's that's crazy. That's even longer than I've been alive. Uh, a holding penalty gets the Rams out of field goal range in this one. And in poetic fashion, Stafford can't convert on fourth down. My boy Chris, many other Lion fans crying tears of joy in this game. I, I got to say, I'm happy for the Lions, who will now get to host their second back-to-back home field games in Detroit Lion history. And that crazy? That's a crazy stat. They're only back-to-back home games. It's crazy. Uh, from the offensive standpoint, the Lions are one of the most complete teams left in this playoff race. Touchdowns by Goff and the double-headed attack of Gibbs and Montgomery. This is another team that just is just peaking at the right time and offensively are just they're just a tough team to play against. Period. Uh, for the Rams, let's give them credit. They held the Lions scoreless in the fourth. The Lions were close to seeing another Stafford comeback. In the fourth, it fell short, but the light is bright for this Rams team's future, Johnny. How did you see this game? Well, I saw a similar but uh, slight differences. Uh, I mean, it was 21-17 at the half. Uh, after that, both teams' defenses really stepped up and only allowed field goals. 
at the the end, it came down to one coach having cojones and the other one, <laughs> you know, playing too conservative. Now, Rams, they were down by one point late in the game. Third and like six, you know, from like their own. If they would have went for a field goal, it would have been like a 59-yard field goal. Uh, Rams get a flag, 10-yard penalty. Now, Campbell could have declined it and forced that fourth and possible long field goal, but he accepted the penalty, backed them up, trusted his defense. The Rams at that point should have committed to going to all four downs and pick up seven to 10 yards in the next play and either go for it on fourth and short or go for the long field goal. Instead, went for it all on third and long, incomplete pass, essentially ended their chances as uh, you know, Detroit came back and the defense was playing well for the Rams, but all the Lions needed was a first down and they got it. One coach's ballsy decision pays off. The other conservative pansy approach does not. And I'm happy for the Lions. I, I picked them to win this game. I picked them to have a great season. I find myself, you know, somewhat rooting for the Lions to go ahead and and possibly take a deeper playoff run. Why, why do you have to finish that like that? Why? Why? Why do you? Why? Why are you the way that you are? Look, man. I bottom, like watching bottom, this team. Uh, bottom line, I don't like it when you call a coach a pansy when he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Excuse me, coach. Like that's ridiculous. The Rams beat the Bucks when the Bucks were trying to go back to back for their Super Bowl titles there with Tom Brady. So he's a great coach. No, he he got Brady had a great comeback in that game. One of the best I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of great comebacks by Tom Brady and the defense for Tampa. Why do you remind me about that game? That defense just hurt yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You throw New England. You kidding you, me, you man. New England. I gotta throw the Bucks in here. Right. But but let, let's stick a fork in the Rams and let's do a little Q and A with them, Johnny. McVay said he's coming back yep. to coach the Rams next season. It's confirmed. So with that said, does the GM run it back or are they going to move on with this youth movement of Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, and are they going to even get younger? Or what's that going to look like for the Rams? Well, McVay is coming back, like you mentioned. He wouldn't have come back if it's going to be a rebuild. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to compete. Uh, Stafford will be back. He's, he's not coming back if he didn't know that Stafford is coming back. The only question that matters is, will Aaron Donald be back? You know, he threatened retirement, got a contract. You know, Stafford, Cup, Puka are a force. You add in Williams, our running back, who had a great year. This team is good, really good. Now they lost Von Miller um, when he went to Buffalo. Uh, they they pick they need to pick up another strong defensive pass rush to support Donald and Floyd. This point. Rams team could make some real noise next year. So this team is good. It was just meant to be the way it needed to be with the Lions facing Stafford, and it was a one point victory. Could have won either way, but it went to the team that had some cojones that actually went for Campbell actually made so, a good decision with, you know, some, some aggressive, unlike some other decisions he made against the Cowboys in the regular season, the aggressiveness paid off for him. So I like how you kind of addressed a little bit of the draft question, but then let me throw another curveball at this because the Rams are on the hook for three more years of Stafford and his contract. It plays out like this, 31 million, 27 million with five in bonus incentives, 26 million the last year with five in incentives. Uh, for those each seasons. So are they going to draft his successor early in this draft, even though they need defense? You know what I mean? Like, it's an honest question. They're, they're not going to. When you're making a run, when you're making a legit run, you don't waste a pick. See what the on, Packers on, did. Uh, See what the Packers Yeah, the Packers, the Packers made a mistake, <laughs> and it paid off for them. The Packers <laughs> went ahead and drafted a love when they started Aaron Rodgers, and then they were waiting, and Aaron Rodgers just kept playing great, and then they got stuck. It worked out because they had found a sucker in the Jets, to go ahead and give him everything to go pick up Aaron Rodgers 
and then Jordan Love was the guy they thought he was. You know, we were all scratching our heads, but these guys, the Green Bay Packers GM knows what the heck they're doing. They know what they're doing. They got Favre, they got Aaron Rodgers, now Jordan Love, and they have this stranglehold in that division. The Bears, poor Bears. This is, <laughs> this is exactly why the Bears just need to say, you know what? Go for it all and go after Caleb Williams. They should. They should just get rid of Justin Fields and say, are you not tired of losing specifically to the Packers? And then now you have, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the Detroit Lions and their force that they're in right now. You know, Minnesota's falling off a little bit. So you have your shot now, Bears. Maybe not this upcoming year, but you need to do something. The Bears can actually pull the Houston Texans. They have two first-round picks because they got it from the Panthers. Look at what Houston did yep. with those two picks. So. Now, they can do that or they can go ahead and trade it and then get even more picks and really go nuts. I don't have the faith that you have in Justin Fields, Chris. I don't believe in him. I saw what I needed to see in Justin Fields and to know that he's not the dude. Uh, I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is, but every scout says that he's a can't-miss prospect. That's true. Now, That's true. Um, speaking of can't-misses, you know, let's make some noise here for the hottest team in the NFL, the uh, Buffalo Bills. They, they took on the overachieving Steelers. Tell me about this game, Chris. Yeah, man, a, a day of delay does not stop this Bills team from finishing what they started. They destroy the Steelers, man. I mean, seriously, if you watch this game, I know that it got close in the middle, but it doesn't matter. The game was over. They took a 14 to nothing lead after the first and never looked back. Josh Allen with three touchdowns, no interceptions. A lot of people like to get on this guy for throwing interceptions. Also rushes for a touchdown as well. As well. The real MVP of this game for the Bills. 277 total yards for this kid for the defense three tackles for a loss a sack more importantly six qb hits by this defense who also had an interception to put the game away and for the steelers johnny it looked like their luck had run out you know they got into that hot streak to get into the playoffs in the first place the offense didn't perform terribly they just weren't a better team period rudolph with two touchdowns 229 yards and a pick not a bad stat line but ultimately, Pittsburgh was too inconsistent on either side of the ball to keep up with Allen and the Bills, period. The Steelers lost their fifth straight playoff game. The franchise's most recent postseason victory, Johnny, was seven years ago. Last thing I want to say about this game, you had missed tackles, two turnovers that led to 14 points by Buffalo. Uh, the, the Bills' ability to bottle up the Steelers' running attack really contributed to the loss. How did you see the game? I mean... What you expected to happen, happened. The, the Steelers team was well coached, but they, they're not a good football team. They're not good enough. Even Steelers fans knew that. They needed a lot of luck to win this game. And with Josh Allen having a rare no interception game, it appeared luck would not be in the Pittsburgh's favor. Um, Allen, three touchdowns. One rushing touchdown. No picks. Um, they really owned this game and this particular game. Uh, it just, you, I started to think back with Buffalo, they had a 5% chance of making the playoffs. And then they, when they lost to Philly early in the year and had turned it around completely, they're unstoppable. Nobody expected even Steeler fans for this, um, the sir, Pittsburgh to win sir, this game. Do you remember when they had that 5% chance and I still doubled down and said that they would win the division? Do you remember that? Yeah. Cause you man sports. Yeah. Man sports. Yeah. Because if you know, Chris, <laughs> he knew, he knew that it's, but he can't, he can't Let's back go. off. Same way as like, I saw the demise <laughs> of the dolphins. I finally jumped off the dolphins a little late, but I jumped off eventually. Cause you see what you see. We all have hopes. We see a team. And we expect something, um, you know, but unfortunately, some teams let us down. Luckily for Chris, the Buffalo Bills really stepped up. 
Well, and, you know, like we said, Johnny, we're going to put a fork on the teams that did lose the games. And it's kind of funny. I feel like a lot of coaches have already confirmed that they're coming back like McVay did, right? Yeah. Here's Mike Tomlin, who does the same thing. He confirms he's coming back next season for Pittsburgh. So where does Pittsburgh go from here at the quarterback position? Is it Rudolph, Pickett, or someone new? What are your thoughts there? Well, uh, the Cowboys that we have established are insane. So they're not going to make any moves uh, for Cousins. So maybe the Steelers should. Uh, they oh, have wow. a good team. Wow. They don't have a leader. The, they have seen everything they needed to see from Rudolph and Pickett. They were barely the present and certainly not the future of the Steelers team. So I say um, you go ahead and move on. You already know what you're getting from these guys. You move on from them and seriously consider Kirk Cousins. That's actually uh first time in the show. I think I'm agreeing with you on this. I, I think that would be an excellent... I mean, but you're going to have to give up, what, a first, second probably to get Kirk Cousins is a free agent. Oh, he's a free agent? He's a free agent, yes. Oh, my goodness. This was his last year with the Minnesota. Obviously, he's coming off that injury. As long as he passes the physical, then he should be okay. That's incredible. So then if that's the case, let's paint the picture a little bit further then. Let's say they, they have the quarterback position figured out. Let's say it's not Cousins. Let's say it's Rudolph. Just for the sake that they got it filled, what are they doing for the draft and to get back into the playoffs next season? I mean... I am not a believer in Najee Harris, but uh, Warren <laughs> has been a solid running back. So they have that already covered. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they should pick up um, the option on, you know, like uh, on, uh, on Najee, but that's up to them. Uh, TJ Watt is obviously solid at the defensive rush. It comes down to they need a draft offensive lineman. You know, they, they have, uh, you know, with DJ and with uh, uh, Pickens, the wide receiver positions covered. They're two solid um, wide receivers. So the defense has come around. They're young, but they're not bad. They got them into the playoffs. It comes down to the offensive lineman because whoever you're going to have back there, even if it's Cousins, he's older, they need to protect them. I'm glad that you brought up Cousins. That's just like a, one of the first best calls I think you've made all the show. So if that does happen, we're going to have to replay this and like share it on Twitter or something that it was a Florida man sports first. That was, that was a good pickup there. Yeah. Now, while the Steelers have a non-existent future in these playoffs, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the future looks rather promising. They did what most people didn't expect them to do, with the exception of FM Sports, but they put a beat down on the defending NFC champs. Tell me about the Bucks Eagles game, Chris, that you went to watch live in your skybox. <laughs> my skybox, yeah. Look, the reason why I lost my freaking voice, folks, and that's why I've been kind of straining to talk here, but. The, the Bucs have proven that they deserve to be in the playoffs. That's really one of the biggest takes away, takeaways that I get from this one. Um, this was a revenge game, a revenge tour that we're on, really, and uh, because they beat us in the regular season. And we're not done, folks. The only team in Florida left, man. Florida Man Sports in our first NFL season uh, show here that we're doing. And it's in, you know, when it's Johnny's turn, I think he's going to owe me and all of our Buck fan listeners an apology. And, and he can start here. He can start with this episode here. Okay. Calling us the Yacht Boys, among other things, which, by the way, you've made that very popular in my circles. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Uh, Baker Mayfield becomes the second quarterback in Bucks history to throw for 300 yards in a playoff game. Brady, of course, being the other one. I know. Uh, l last week, the argument, the naysayers, uh, like my counterpart here, were saying, hey, you played the Panthers. You only scored field goals. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Mayfield with three touchdowns. Right down your throat, Johnny Cinco. He has proven that he can lift his team up. Talking about me being there watching the game, Johnny, you could see him after every play on the sidelines, talking to his offensive line, talking to his receivers. Just beautiful to watch. I kind of shed a tear a little bit. A, a well-coached and disciplined defense was on display in this one. Three sacks, 
five tackles for a loss, five QB hits are responsible for Jalen Hurts' 40 QBR rating. Uh, you know, let's show some love to our kicker, Chase McLaughlin, the Buc the Bucks kicker, going three for three in this one. And I'll leave you with this, Johnny, and 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 because I do want to get your take on this game, Devin White, Florida Man Sports. Those who are listening, knows our team, knows our Bucks. Devin White, after losing to Philly during the regular season, if you haven't seen the video, please go see it. September 25th, he said, "We'll see them again in the playoffs." Let's go, Bucks. Okay, my God, I need let's to... go, Bucks. So let me, let me get this straight. You uh, you shed a tear because you were watching Baker Mayfield talk to his teammates was, on the sideline. I was very, I was very like, emotional. Oh, moment look at him. It was emotional. Look at him talk <laughs> to his teammates. Let's go. Oh my God, calm down. All right. <laughs> It, listen, respect. It was a beatdown. I rarely get to watch a playoff game when one team just owns another the entire four quarters. This was one of those games. Uh, the Tampa Bay defense even stopped the tush push. I haven't seen that all year. Yes, as Philly tried to use it during a two-point conversion attempt. Now, while I picked the Bucks to win this game, when that happened, I was assured of the victory. Baker did what he needed to do to secure the bag. You know, congrats to Mayfield as he's going to laugh at Cleveland all the way to the bank. I think he assured himself a, a contract extension. Um, he's going to be the leader of this Tampa Bay team for the foreseeable future. So respect to him. They still have a long way to go. But seeing the demise of the Philadelphia Eagles has been something to where I can't stand the Eagles. But nobody. They were 10-1. and 10-1 in December. And then just took a nosedive and just completely have been obliterated and, and sent home early by your Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, the long list of, of what's happened since then, Johnny. And if you know, we're gonna stick a fork in the Eagles, but they kind of stuck a fork to themselves, really, if you if you want to be honest, the way that they've been playing. Uh, but let, let's talk about it. Okay. Eagle, we're talking about Harbaugh, you talked about earlier, possible coach candidate, you talked about Belichick, and he's interviewed for the Falcons, right? Okay. Eagles coach Nick Sirianni, as of this recording, as of this episode, uh, he's still there. Is he in or out? Well, this isn't, in my opinion, a McCarthy situation. Um, he was in the Super Bowl last year. Now, he's not going to be fired. Now, should he be fired, in my opinion? Yeah, he should. Only if you can pick up Belichick. And that's the only reason you do it. You know, That's crazy. Listen, the Phillies coach loses both coordinators – and his defense goes from number two ranked to the 28th ranked. That's a big drop off. His offensive play calling was so bland and obvious. It's clear he is a product of his staff. You can't lose six out of seven and fall off the cliff like that. We just witness and be a great coach. But rest easy, Belichick, he wants control. And Philly has a good GM. So unless the owner goes nuts, his job, you know, is going to remain safe. Uh, Bill wants control. In my opinion, and we're talking about Philly. That's why it's going to remain the way it is. Bill, you heard it here from my sources. It's going to be the Chargers, Panthers, Commanders. That's that's what it comes down to. My sources say he's going to be really focused on the Commanders. That's I, my I, pick. I need him to stay out of the NFC South, please. Well, I, I <laughs> what he wants is control. He he didn't like. You know what the Patriots were saying, how he did. He, he can't pick players anymore. He had great picks. Obviously, picked up you know uh, Gronkowski. You know, picked up Brady. So he, he got great picks late in the draft. You know, Edelman. You know, all the great players the Patriots have. But ultimately, the day to day, he's not doesn't have a good track record as of late. But he doesn't care. He wants control. 
That's the reason he didn't go to the Cowboys, because Jerry Jones would step aside, which is not going to happen. And uh, really, the commanders, uh, Bill Belichick is, um, you know, he, he has a, a much affinity for the, the history of this particular, of our country. So playing in D.C. is attractive. My sources say he's leaning towards commanders, but it could be Carolina. Well, listen, I love how once again I try to, uh, you know, put in a fork here in the Eagles and, and I give you just a little bit of bell to take the whole arm. That's fine. <laughs> Talking about the Eagles here, A.J. Brown, he he didn't play because he was injured last week. He clears out his social media. He's no longer an Eagle, et cetera, et cetera. So where do they go with the draft? Where do they I, go I, with what, him? I don't get it. Why is he so mad about it? He got, he got his money from the Eagles and he was too I, injured to play. What's, I, he, what's I think his beat? Maybe he wanted to play and they're not playing him. There's got to be something going in there. So what do they do? What what do the Eagles do to come back next year since they're keeping the coach, right? Uh, in the draft with Jalen Hurts, all of that. What, what, what do they do? Well, we know that, um, you know, Kelsey's retiring. So yes. Kelsey is a, yeah. I mean, you need a center. You got to right. figure out, you got to figure out something. And I'm not saying a rookie, rookie, really any, most veterans can't replace, you know, Jason Kelsey. So it's like, um, all right. So now what's going to happen? Um, AJ Brown isn't going anywhere. He got a, he got a plenty of money in the contract extension when they traded him um, from the Titans. So he's not going, he can cry all he wants. He's not going anywhere. Um, I still don't know the details, but ultimately, because they held him out from playing the game, he's injured. Man, these, these prima donnas get me so... I would trade him for a first-round pick and really get in that draft and, and reload. Well, I mean, they gave, if you're going to be like that. They gave up multiple picks. I get it. Um, listen, A.J. Brown is a top-five wide receiver. So if he's going to cry about it, teams aren't necessarily willing to go ahead and, and trade for a player with that kind of baggage. You know, like people are wide receivers, especially are prima donnas. They're going to complain. But for you to request a trade because you couldn't play a playoff game because they sat you because of injuries, like, give me a break. Yeah. So, uh, but they, regardless if they end up trading them, I don't see it happening. The only trade I can see potentially happening is maybe you make a trade with, with the Raiders and Adams comes to the swap. That's a that's AJ Brown and 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 you know Adams is they're very similar. They're both top five. So maybe um, maybe that's something to consider. But maybe doing both both teams there a favor, both wide receivers. Yeah, favor, rather. they're not happy. Okay, give them, give them a change of scenery there and see what happens in there. But the Raiders have other problems besides just their receiver. Oh, absolutely. So, so I don't know. Absolutely. Those were the wild card games, folks, that happened this last week. Uh, Johnny and I were going to switch to this week. It's the divisional games. Okay. It, it's, it's, it's so exciting, Johnny, especially because the Bucks are still in it. But let's start at the top with Saturday's game. Let's start with the Texans and the Ravens, who have been off on the bye week. Who do you got winning this game, Johnny? Now, can this rookie beat the old Cleveland Browns, which is the Ravens team, if you didn't know, Chris? Um, I know I have to school you a little bit. Sorry. Right, right. Um, I would love to pick Houston, as this team showed it's tough. Um, you know, they, it's really tough to keep up with them through the fourth quarters. But the Ravens aren't today's Browns. I don't see them losing. Ravens are going to win this game. You know, I'm having a little tough time with this, too, now, because, one, there's a lot of money on the line. You know, people listen to Florida Man Sports. They, you know, all these gambling, you know, out there, they, they, they want a solid pickup here. And last week, we both picked the Browns to win. And why did we pick them to bring, win, Johnny? Because you have a rookie quarterback because of the Browns defense, right? So did we learn our lesson here? And that's why you're saying Ravens? Or can the Texans do it again? It's an honest. Like, honestly, that's why we picked the Browns, right? Listen, with, with both teams, the Texans – and the Packers, I think mean, those two teams, and we're going to get to the Packers game, yeah. but those 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 teams can win in any game. Mm. But I'm just looking at what's more than likely going to be our MVP this year, Lamar Jackson. That defense is solid. They're they're 
Um, not as they're almost at par with Cleveland, but they're going to look at the tape. So what, what happened with um, the Texans, they really spread out and they used this, the youth, that speed really to their advantage. The Ravens saw that they're going to make adjustments, right? They're going to play, you know, um, this, there's, you're going to have a spy. You're going to play a little more zone and figure out, okay, what exactly they need to do to slow this team down. So they'll make those adjustments on it. They surprised you know, us one time in the playoffs, they're not going to do it again against arguably the best team in the NFL. Right. So they kind of how Flacco's time ran out, if you will. This is going to be yeah. CJ Stroud uh, time to run out as well. Now, I will say this. Lamar Jackson overall is one in three in the playoffs. So this is something to note. But with the bye week, with the Ravens team being so strong, I'm also going to take the Ravens to win this week and beat the Texans at home. Yeah. Let's switch gears here. No, we'll talk- they're, they're, they're playing Baltimore. Yeah, the Ravens are at home. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, Ravens are home. Yep. Uh, Packers and Niners. Niners being at home, Johnny. Packers having that incredible win. 49ers on the bye week. Who's winning this one? Like I said, man, listen, the Packers can win this game, but, you know, you have to pick a winner. Right. And when I looked at this, uh, as good as the Packers looked, they have a lot of banged up players. I mean, Reed, mm-hmm. the linebackers, Smith and McDuffie, uh, Watson, they're, they're running like Jones. Ever, yeah. you, know, um, you know, McCaffrey is healthy. San Francisco squad is healthy. They're on a bye week. They're playing at home. There's just too much against them. I mean, the Green Bay constantly, when they had Aaron Rodgers, would lose to San Francisco. You know, every time they had a run, San Francisco to go ahead and make a run. So I, I wanted to go ahead and pick Green Bay in this to be like, you know what? Now San Francisco's better. Green Bay is going to go ahead and treat them to the same type of uh, you know menu that they've been greeted over the years. But this team is too good, and Green Bay's too banged up in San Francisco. San Francisco wins. Yeah, the storybook uh, story here comes to an end, really, because you're talking about the Packers, the one team who beat the home team in the Cowboys last week. So the question is, can they do it again? Yep. Again, I always find it tough that a team coming off a of bye week, I know they're a great team, but coming off a of bye week, and you got to remember, Purdy's the guy that can drop three interceptions. He's done it before, right? I'm just saying. You're, you're focusing on... One terrible game. He, Purdy had one horrendous game this year. One. You know, you're saying that, like, he's not. He's not known for that. He's known by running a clean offense. Right. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they can't make this team pay, but it's going to be more on the fumble end or, or maybe do a special teams might come. Packers need something special. They need forced fumbles. They need a special teams touchdown. They need something. Purdy's not going to be the guy that's going to lose this game. Yeah, and they're playing at home. Both going back to the Ravens game with the Texans. You know, they, that's a nine and a half point spread. So is this one. Niners are at home, of course. So I'm gonna also take the Niners. Man, nine and a half points. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, significant. Yeah, you know, and and for both games that way, right? Both home teams. I don't see both these teams coming off bye weeks dropping an L. So yeah, give me the Niners as well to win uh, and beat the Packers. Let's talk about Sunday. The Florida man, last team standing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Johnny, going to Detroit. Detroit's at home. Who's winning this game? Okay, Tampa has finished on top in the state of Florida in a season they were projected to finish at the bottom of the league this year. I'm giving you props for that, Tampa. Props to you, but uh, the season's going to end here. Okay, Detroit is playing good football as of late, and um, very much unlike the Eagles, you know, they're going to show up. They're going to show up here. It's been a great season, Tampa. But this is where your offseason begins. Detroit's going to win this game. The Chiefs and the Bills, Johnny. The Chiefs are uh, away, taking the Bills at home. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I uh, not give you my uh, my thing? You know why? Because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Give you my... All right, look. All right, all right. What's your pick, Matt? Man. So listen, folks. I've been struggling, right? Because I want to believe that the revenge tour continues. Detroit beat us up during the regular season like Philly. We are a hot team as well. I'm just scared of the Lions and their offensive power playing at home. But all right, guys, I'm going to stick with the Bucks till the wheels fall off. Baker Mayfield has one more in him. One thing that Goff did not do last week, Johnny, which he didn't, which he is known to do, is he didn't throw interceptions. I expect interceptions in this game. Tampa freaking Bay. Let's go. They're winning going to the NFC Championship on a year that everyone expected them to win five games or less. I agree. Cause I, had win, I had them win in five or six games this let's year. Go. But um, no, you're right. There's going to be interceptions this game. It's going to come from Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, I said, against the Eagles, he has to protect the ball, not turn the ball over. <laughs> and he did just that. You think he's going to do it again? I, I can't remember. Uh, uh, he has to have a 300-plus yard, three-touchdown performance again. And I can't remember ever seeing Baker Mayfield do consecutive 300-yard, three-touchdown games. And he's going to do it now against Detroit, one of, one of the hottest teams in football right now, in at home. And you you got – listen. And, and you wonder you wonder why I, I didn't want to give you my – why I, I skipped that. No, because you know this. It's, it's the same thing like uh, – um, uh, it's not knocking your team because you're not picking them. You want them to win. Yes. I get you want the Buccaneers to win, but you and I both know they're not winning this game. You're picking them because your fan hood is going to speak they're first, gonna, they're gonna not win. your head. They're going to win. Goff is going to make some turnovers. The Buccaneers team oh, is going to continue the revenge tour, folks, and the Bucs are going to win. They're going to win on the road, and they're going to get to the NFC champ. You profess it to life. No, man. It's, Let's it's, go. It's like a dude that is looking at some chick with some tiggle bitties. He's not using the right head here, and Chris is not using his mind. He's just thinking with his fanhood. Sometimes it always works, baby. Sometimes okay, it always works. Sure. Chiefs and Bills wrapping up here. Bills, of course, are at home. I think uh, our boy here from Arrowhead Stadium, our, our boy uh, is playing the first game away, right? He's playing his first away game in the yeah, playoffs. That's correct. Who's winning this game? Uh, one of the uh, best postseason games of all time was played back in 2020 between these two teams. And I feel a similar game manifesting. Mm. Um, Mahomes plays and loses his first ever road playoff game. Game will be a classic. And as long as Allen does not throw a pick, Buffalo will win this game. They're due. This isn't as good of a team as they had a few years ago, but they're playing at home. Right. They're the hottest team in football right now. So let's keep it going, Buffalo, and knock out the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody's tired of Kansas City. Nobody wants to see them move on. Uh, we we got tired of the whining and the complaining that Mahomes does constantly. Kermit the Frog needs to go home early. Go away. Buffalo's winning. Yeah, I mean, I think that what you're basically saying is that they this is the time to exercise the demons, right? I mean, ultimately, the Chiefs have had their number. And to your point, Johnny, I feel like the Bills, they've had seasons where they've won 12, 13 games, and they haven't done anything about it, right? They've won 12, 13 games. And this time, they got into the playoffs the weirdest way possible, let's just say. And this is the tightest spread, two and a half points for Buffalo. That's that's the tightest spread in, in uh, these playoff games. Uh, for me, I'm going to... I'm gonna Agree with you on this one. I think the Bills have enough to win at home. 
I think that they are still the hottest team right now uh, in the playoffs. So give me the Bills to win a close game. And to your point, Johnny, it is going to be a great game. That's yeah, it's game. going to be a good, great game. Man, please, Buffalo, figure a way out. This is your time. At the end this of the day, if, when Allen doesn't throw picks, and my God, Allen can be great, but he's he's our modern-day Brett Favre. Don't make dumb throws, unnecessary throws. You played a great game, not only your arm or your legs, you know, last week. Just continue that, and you'll win this game at home. This is the time. All right, Chris, only a few more <laughs> weeks of football left, but thankfully we are at the halfway point in the NBA season. Yes. We check in with the standings and, more importantly, where our Magic and Heat team stand. Yeah, I mean, let's let's start there. As of this recording, we are, like you said, at the halfway point. Uh, Miami at 24 and 17. They're sitting at the number six seed. Mm-hmm. Orlando 22 and 19 sitting at the eighth seed. So okay. let's start there. Okay. Um, I think next episode, we're going to give the fans some trade scenarios that need to happen because both teams need help. Both teams, you can't be at the bottom uh, six and eight to the bottom of the barrel there, more or less. And... Um, and not make changes. So definitely trades need to happen. We are coming close to the trade deadline in February. So we're going to give you that. But basically right now, Johnny, Miami's a 500 team. They're 5-5 five and five over the last 10. It, they're not a 500 team. Or the last 10. The game, the season isn't 10 games. Well, the last 10 games they Over are. the last 10, they're a 500 <clears throat> team is what I said. I know, I know listening But you really, em- you really emphasize I know, I know, I know the is Miami's a 500 team. Then okay. a pause, and then you mention, oh, over the last 10 games. No, it's all right. It's all right. I know no, listening right. is tough for you. Yeah. But anyhow, the Miami is a 500 team. Listening to you is tough for me, yes. And Orlando is three and seven over the last ten games, so they're a sub five hundred team, and that's why the records are where they're at now. Um, we'll talk about trades next week, uh, Johnny. But how do you see Miami and Orlando so far? Listen, halfway through the season, and the teams are exactly where I expected them to be. <clears throat> Chris was ready to make plans for the championship parade after ten games here in Orlando, but he forgets how long the season is. And before the season, I projected Miami to be a five six seed. Orlando 8 to 10 seed. Currently Miami is 6, but they're tied with the same record as the number 5 seed, the New York Knicks. Got that one exactly right on the money and Orlando is 8. Like you mentioned. Why do I feel like I'm having deja vu? Again, why do I right feel like I'm on having track. deja vu of the Miami Dolphins? I, Deja vu okay, of what anyway. typical Johnny does. Premature Johnny You celebrating mid-season and then the debacle that's going to happen. So thank you for right on time. No problem. Doing no what no I problem. You to do. Chris has the biggest collection of giant hands, the little n- number one hands in Orlando Magic I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. Okay. He's over here with, after 10 games. Where we got it? He got a, a fake NBA trophy already mounted here right. in his living room. He's ready to call it. So, but uh, I follow current trends, and Orlando didn't do anything in the offseason to warrant such an improvement that uh, Chris had called for. So they're exactly where I thought they would be. Neither did Miami, which is why both teams next week will go into detail on the trades that we want to see if the trades haven't happened yet. Listen, I, we'll, we'll get into all that. But, We're gonna, but, but before you get into the trade thing you're referencing here, Orlando doesn't need to make any trades. Yeah. Well, well, we'll go a little bit more into next week, but yes, they do. And the reason why they do is that they've had so much success this year that it warrants for some moves to tighten up for the playoffs. Again, I, I'll go into detail next week with this, but they do. And so does Miami. A team that is is ranked between 6 and 10, staying stagnant. If you really want to win in the East, you're going to have to make some moves. It's inevitable. Let me make something clear why I disagree with Chris here. Um, Orlando doesn't need to make anything else. They're in that rebuilding process. They they get the salary cap they need. If you've mentioned over and over and over again next year. Next year is the year to make moves. 
So you just ride out the season. No. Finish near the bottom as we expected. No. As I expected anyway. Right. Uh, Miami does need to make a move. They, they, Hero, Butler, Bam are all averaging over 20 points per game. Jaquez Jr. is at 14. And all Miami has eight players averaging double digits. And they need to make a move. We both mentioned this in the past for Rosen. They, they need to make that move. I'm, I'm so glad that, once again, just in due form, premature Johnny is throwing out stuff again, throwing out these stats again. And and, and we'll get there. And, and mind you guys, it's, it's, it's a team that is looking to make a playoff run. It's a yes or no question, Johnny. Is Miami going to be making a playoff run? Yes or no? Of course they're okay, making okay, a playoff run. Yes no? okay, That's so, why I said okay, they need so, to make a move. Orlando's so, so, not. But if you're ranking them even at eighth seed, they're making a playoff run. Yes, they're going to. Okay, you, so they, teams that are making playoff runs, Johnny, they're not going to stay stagnant. They're going to make trades because they're going to try to get themselves in the best position possible. And and to your point, yes, enough. I've been saying that next year, the salary cap and all that, that's fine. But guess what? We have so much room. We have so much value, so many assets and picks right now that we can actually make a move and still have money and picks and everything for next season. We're fine. They're not going to. They, 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 they're going to do the same thing the Tampa Bay Rays did in baseball. Oh, is God. that they have a good team. Jesus. They. I'm not to say the Magic may make a move, but it's going to be a player you've never heard of. A bench player that's going to go ahead and, and, and supporting. They're going to maybe make a move to get rid of some players to give them more draft picks. They are in rebuilding mode, young team. They're going to take the core of what they have here and try to go ahead and, and do... If Whatever players are not in the plans of the Magic after this year... Those are the players they may trade, but it ain't going to be here's, your premier talent. It ain't going to be your blue trip players. Here's how even people that are Miami lovers are going to just find themselves in a wall when talking with someone like you. Here's how. Okay. You're talking about the Magic being a rebuilding team and Miami being so superior, and it's a halfway point. It's only two games. So how can two games be the difference at this point for one team to be rebuilding and another team that needs to make a trade? I'll, I'll explain You're it to you. You're making no sense. I'll explain it to you. No sense. I'll explain it to you. The... Heat were in the finals last year. Oh, God. Keep hanging okay. on to that thread. It's, it's not a thread. Keep it's it's not the thread. You want to talk about a thread? The Magic haven't made the playoffs in a decade. Okay? They haven't made the playoffs in a decade. And, my God, they've never won a championship. So, that's the, the difference. That's all the difference you need. Talk about a thread. Miami, a team that actually made it to the championship in the last twice in the last couple of years. Made it in 2020 and made it again last year. So, you're talking about, okay, a team who competing for a championship – yeah, they have premier talent. They have all-stars on their team. They want, they're missing that one piece, which we both agreed many weeks ago in a, a previous podcast that's Rosen. Rosen's the guy that's going to go ahead and push him to the level. Now, the problem is that Pat Riley is the man, and he's not going to give up everything to get Rosen. The same way they, with Lillard, they, he wasn't going to go ahead and cave in and give you know the, the trailblazers exactly what they wanted. He's going to go ahead and make the move if it's not only the the best uh, scenario for the team presently, but for the foreseeable future, he's not giving up the farm for a player. So Rosen is on his final year on uh, his contract with the Bulls. So now's the time to go and make the move. But as long as they don't have to give up everything, great. They really need to get rid of Lowry. If they can figure out what to get a Lowry, who wasn't doing anything, well past his prime. He's a bench player, but he's not doing anything. Get rid of Lowry. Pack up some package together, a draft pick, maybe a second round, a couple second rounders. Get Rosen. So the Bulls are nowhere near competing for anything in the East. So that's what they need to do. Yeah, okay, whatever. Those Talk about talk about some low-bearing fruit. Low go, bear. get, go get Rosen, the guy that everybody talks about all the time. Go get him from no, Miami. It was, that's it, the solution. It, it, the thing is that it's not everybody talks about. Right. It's That's the best Look. fit for this Miami team. Look. And where's he else going to go? Where, what Rosen has some say in where he's going to go. I'm, 
I'm going to give you the real inside next week into who. So you're going to want to stay tuned for there, next there week's is episode no on who Orlando and who Miami need. No, but I will. I will add Orlando this caveat. doesn't I, need I, I to do anything. Add this caveat for you since you want to double down on this so much. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's so funny. Miami is the team that went to the finals last year. Yeah. Miami is the team that is playing well. Like I said, that they would play well this year. That oh, they yeah? didn't need a trade. I said, you need to keep Hero. And look what's happening, right? Okay. You just said, hold on now. You just said three players scoring over 20 plus points per game. And they have a young, of a young, talented group of bench players that are playing well. And Jaquez Jr. and so on. So therefore, watch Miami not do anything. Because they don't feel like they need to. And watch Orlando make a move, folks. Board of Man Sports. Watch, watch what's going to happen here. The thing is that they... they... Didn't need to give up three first-round picks and Hero to get Lillard. They, they maintained them. So, so Rosen is not going to cost that much. Rosen maybe will get cost one first-round pick. Maybe. I don't even think that. Since it was last year, maybe it's going to be a, sec, a couple second-rounders and some players you have there. But at the most, he's going to get cost maybe one first-round pick. So that's the guy. You, you can't run it back. You're talking about, oh, I'm going to run it back with the exact same squad. That's not going to work. It, it couldn't. It got you to the finals, but if you're Pat Riley, Hero wasn't healthy. You got to keep that in, that in mind. He's healthy in the playoffs. Okay. He's 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 healthy in the playoffs. You still need that extra piece, and that's what the, the this Miami team needs because they are actually competing for a championship. The Orlando Magic are not competing for a championship. They're competing to maybe, hopefully, make it into the play-in. And then somehow get into the playoffs. You don't trade. You don't do all these moves to do that, especially next year when you're getting the money. You're, according to you, they possibly going to pick up Brown or they're going to pick up any premier free agents available. They're going to have the cap space. They have the young talent. So next year you make the moves. You do not make any moves this year, Magic, because that's that's nonsense. Johnny Cinco wearing his Orlando Magic cap on. Whatever. People, the, people get to see it next episode. That's okay. No, those are the Florida teams. But as you look around the league, Chris, um, you know, starting with the Eastern and the yeah. Western Conference, I mean, what do you see in the league? Yeah, let, let's start with the East here. Um, just biggest things, like biggest things that stick out to me, right? Um, number one, Toronto Raptors with the trade that they made. Right now, they basically folded. They're done. They're collecting draft picks. Correct. They're out of the playoff picture at 16 and 25. They're only one game out of the playoff rate, out of the play-in. But for me, that's a tall tale sign that you're done for the year. So Toronto's out, Charlotte's out, Washington, Detroit, of course, is out. It's basically between Atlanta and the Brooklyn Nets. So it's nice to see that Atlanta is fighting back. As of right now, they're the 10th seed, so they would be in the uh, playing tournament. So I see Atlanta kind of sticking it through. I see them as a better team than Brooklyn. As far as the teams that are in the playoffs right now, like in someone that's maybe like question mark, I still have questions with the New York Knicks. They're currently number five. And I still have questions with the Indiana Pacers. Of course, now they did make that trade with Toronto. So, you know, Pacers are for real, at least this year. So it's going to come down to the New York Knicks. Can they keep that top five position for me in the East? And then ultimately, Johnny, between the Magic right now and the Knicks, you're talking about a two-game swing. So between five and eight, there's only two games. Correct. Um, and otherwise, the East is looking pretty solid. This It's no big surprise for me in the East. Uh, the top teams are what you expected with Boston and Milwaukee heading the East. The West is, uh, for me, far more interesting. Uh, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, they lead the West. And while I called a great year for Minnesota this year, I wasn't expecting first place great. OKC is young. They can beat anyone. The Clippers have somehow found a way to win with a cancerous tumor attached. Sacramento is playing great, as they did last year. New Orleans, out of nowhere, has emerged as a number five seed and is playing really well basketball as of late, surprising everyone. Much to your dismay, Chris, Phoenix has battled back, holds that number eight seed. As they this had that great comeback win against Sacramento down 22 in the fourth. 
and they won that game. Uh, we spoke about Ja, who's out for the year. So Memphis is done. But it's it's time to call it, Chris. It's time to finally call it. The dynasty is over. This oh, Golden wow. State team is done. Wow. 18 and 22, 12th place. It's time to break this team up, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, Curry's great. Thompson is in a contract year. He's playing horrible. Career lows and field goals, three-point percentage. Defense, which used to be great, is now barely average as he's lost his explosiveness. Green has lost his mind, as we all know. Wiggins plays lights out in the playoffs during their championship run, but is back to being the mediocre player that he is. It's time for ownership to realize and ask Curry if he wants to be part of a rebuild. And if not, trade Curry in the offseason. But the Golden State Warriors, I've, I've held on hope that he's going to go and come back. This team's going to figure it out. But I've watched enough of this team to say they're just not good enough. These teams are falling off. Thompson, Green, Curry still lights out, but he can't win it on his own. I, I have to disagree with you wholeheartedly on that. But before I get there, I think the problem with the Western Conference, looking at it, Johnny, I think you probably will agree with me on this. It's the youth movement. Minnesota Timberwolves, youth movement. Oklahoma City Thunder, youth movement. New Orleans Pelicans, new youth. Sacramento Kings, youth. Those are four teams right there that just a couple years ago were never in the in the conversation for Western Conference elite teams. And so there's a big shift in the youth movement of the Western Conference. I'll start there. That's very impressive by those teams to be in there. But to your point, Johnny, you can't count the Lakers and you can't count the Warriors out when the trade deadline hasn't expired. Now, if they don't do moves during the trade deadline, if there's no shifting moving around, then I would agree with your point. But as of right now, as of this recording, rather, the Lakers are 21 and 21, hanging on to that 10th seed. And then Golden State is at 18 and 22. So they're a game and a half behind, yep. right? Two games behind. So anything can still happen with those teams. The only thing that I see that really sticks out to me is when we had this conversation a few weeks back, the Houston Rockets were like the seventh seed. And I called it, Johnny. I said, the Houston Rockets, they overpaid for those two guys. I'm, I'm so happy Orlando didn't sign them. They needed to let their youth team play. Instead, they have an over-budget team and a team that's going to be out of the playoffs right now at 19 and 21. But again, the Lakers and the Warriors, they're kind of battling for that 10th seed. There's still going to be some movement until the trade deadline is over. Don't tell me that Golden State's done. Um, I still say they're done, and yeah. you'll, you'll see I'll be proven right when the season's over. But um, you, you're, you're hyping up the youth movement. There's, there's no youth movement. Absolutely. The, the, the NBA is always trying to go ahead and, and do something. There's always youth in the league and trying to figure out young teams. What this is is a credit to great coaching, good coaching. And it really shows, again, how Orlando missed the boat. Uh, oh it comes down God, to you, you hyped up this coach. And I'm sorry, but look at what – OKC has an OKC who's been just in the bottom of the barrel along with Orlando for years, but they drafted right. They did what they needed to do, not having the number one overall pick and still drafting correctly. Granted, they had the number two and they picked up, you know, my, my rookie of the year candidate this year. So, but ultimately this team looks, looks great. You, looks wonder, you wonder why I call you premature Johnny brother. There's a four game difference between the magic and the thunder. Okay. A four-game difference, and that's such a big difference for you to talk about the coaching. Have you Come seen? If you watch, Come on, man. eyeball eyeball test, and oh. one the West is far superior than the East. So, so you're over here talking about you're over here talking about how it's only a four-game. Like the Magic's primarily playing Eastern Conference teams against definitely easier opponents. And, oh, they're only four games behind. OKC has been putting it on. They're in every game. OKC came out of nowhere. Nobody would have had OKC ahead of Denver. Are you kidding me? It's a youth movement, like I keep telling so, you. So it's a youth movement. It's good coaching. It's when you have 
good GMs, good coaches, and they draft right and they coach right, then you have mediocre coaching, mediocre GMs that we have in here in Orlando because our ownership is cheap and they don't want to go ahead and pay, actually pay for the premier talent. So I don't want to hear, what has our coach done? You want to hype up this coach? Coach hasn't done anything outside of Orlando. When he's came here, he's having a decent year and he's, and he's doing things okay. Ultimately for me, next year, when you go ahead and make these moves, you need to pick up a premier coach. You need to figure out who's available, what's going to happen here. This coach isn't going to win you a championship. This coach isn't going to do it. You had chances in the offseason to pick up some, some coaches. You didn't do that. You stuck with this guy. But Chris loves him. Chris this, will tell you how this, great he is. This, I don't see it. Uh, I tell you, the, the players will tell you how great he is. The players that have re-signed, Anthony Cole re-signing, saying, why would I want to go anywhere else? The players that, when they're supposed to get 25 to 30 minutes per game, only get 12 to 15 minutes, but then they still say, hey, I'll do it because I love the coach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But hey, what do I know? I'm just listening to what the players are saying. What what, what do I know, right? Okay, uh, there's always players that love their coach. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. The Greek freak in Milwaukee loved Jason Kidd as his coach. Loved Jason Kidd. Was so angry when they went ahead and fired him. Yeah, he won a championship a couple years later with that coach they fired him for. Now, I'm not knocking Jason Kidd. I think he's a great coach. But at the end of the day, you got to make moves. You got to make moves as for the development of your players. You got to make moves based on however the, the scheme is the coach wants to do. And the scheme and development, for me, isn't working in Orlando. For who? For me, for Cares what you have to say. I'm yeah, about that. Okay. <laughs> Listen, folks, this actually got me excited for next week's episode because I'm going to go ahead and also give you some trades that I think that L.A. Uh, needs to make and Golden State because I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take L.A. That. and Golden State. Oh, yes, because look, ultimately, I don't think they're out of it until they make oh, some trades. So we'll the Lakers are I'm so tired of hearing about the Lakers. The Lakers are trash. They've always been trash. And they, they won that play in tournament, which is a joke. That whole thing there where like teams opted out. They won it. OK, great. Since then, they've been horrendous missed the playoffs the following year barely making the play in and they're out the Lakers aren't doing anything LeBron is done you know Anthony Davis the whole squad they're not the team I don't want to hear about the, the damn Lakers tell me what Golden State needs to do <laughs> Listen, folks, it's going to be an exciting time. The, the, the NBA season at the halfway point with all these trades is literally just heating up. So I'm so excited about that. Um, as far as uh, the next show, right, with the playoff race coming to a close next week, we have the conference championships in the NFL. And, of course, in the NBA, like I mentioned, we're going to go into the trades that need to happen for Miami and Orlando. If we have time, Johnny, we'll bring Eddie on to talk Major League Soccer, but I doubt we're going to have enough time for that. <laughs> uh, he's Johnny. I'm Christian. Later. Thank you for listening to Florida Man Sports. We're out. Peace.